0: It's lovely to be invited back and I love to uh, have the opportunity to talk about the Lethbridge Artists Club and its history as it started as the Lethbridge Sketch Club. Uh, in 1930, Since 1936, Lethbridge has had, uh, has, the art community here has flourished in no small part to the existence of the Lethbridge Sketch Club come Art Club. So for the last 83 years, art has been a major contributor to our community. Now, there's lots of stimuli for art in this area, and I'm going to challenge you. Tell me some of the stimulus that you can see or that you know of that would encourage people to, become, to form a club, a group called the Lethbridge Sketch Club. Coolies. 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 Big sky, yes. What else? Proximity to Waterton. Yes, yeah, and the mountains in general. Animals and birds. Animals and birds, absolutely, yeah. Nikayuko Garden. Well, in 1936, the garden wasn't here, but yes. Right now, nowadays, <laughs> nowadays, it's, it's very popular. As a matter of fact, the, the uh, gardens usually opens up Thursdays to artists at a very reduced price so that we can go in there and create art okay there's the lady that you see here sitting down in her long dress in 1939 that's all she ever wore with her long dresses that she made herself that's miss edith fanny kirk and she was definitely an inspiration for the club for the formation of a club she taught as a matter of fact a lot of the early members of the club and this is one of her pieces that she did at lake louise and one of the joys actually i never learned of any painting that she did that wasn't done outdoors so she loved to sit out in the elements and create as a matter of fact i think this one was taken from the roof of the chateau Here's another important influence in the beginning of the Sketch Club. The Banff School of Fine Arts had just added art, visual arts to its drama programs the year before this club started. And the fellow at the top with his hand on his hip, that's H.G. Glade. And H.G. was one of the very popular uh, instructors. At the Vance uh, school. When yes. When does Mary Biggs start showing up?: I don't know. I didn't go into a lot of the specifics That's of members. Yeah. Members yeah. 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 So I just want you to notice what the ladies are wearing. <laughs> in the 1930s, they were still going out to paint in skirts and dresses. Yes, one of them is quite short. Now, this is the Depression era, so not very many artists had the funding to go to the BAMP School, even for their summer art program, but the Provincial Institute of Technology and Art, which is now called the University of Alberta Arts, the Art University of Alberta, but it's been known as a lot of other, the Art and Design College and so on. This was the precursor. And they were able to uh, offer scholarships. And uh, one of the young ladies from Lethbridge was able to obtain that scholarship. And when she came back to Lethbridge, she had met another Virginian there. And the two of them put their heads together and decided that they wanted a group to work with. During the Depression, supplies were expensive and they were rare and so scrounging amongst other artists was a real good opportunity to keep going with your own art. There was a visitor to Lethbridge. He started coming here in the late 30s and he would come to the Banff School to teach And then he would come here to visit his brother and his wife. Does anybody know who that gentleman was? A.Y. Jackson. So one of the group of seven was very uh, important here for a couple of decades in offering opportunities to talk about art and to learn about art and to go out and paint with him. But only the men got to go with him. And I'll show you a picture later on that will help you uh, understand how that was. But A.Y. Jackson said in his 1958 autobiography, A Painter's Country, the foothills of Alberta, with the mountains as a backdrop, afford the artist endless material. How many in this room understand that? Yeah, for sure. There was also some very supportive families in this community. And I'm going to tell you a story of one of them. There was a lady by the name of Jessie Ersenbach. And she had five kids. But she had a drive, absolute imperative to create art. She would make a crayon out of a piece of charcoal from her stove so that she could do something in the arts. And her husband understood that. So one of the pieces that she painted, he and his boss from Ellison Flower Mills sent it to the um, the it would be the provincial institution to see if they could get a scholarship for her, and she won but she didn't know anything about this. All of a sudden her husband's saying, oh, you can go to the Banff School of Fine Arts. I've got five kids, I've got a home, I've got whatever. And he said, no, you don't. Well, you do, but I'm taking care of that. I'm gonna bring a lady in and she's gonna take care of the kids. She's gonna make her meals and she's gonna clean the house. And You are going to Banff. So that kind of family support was extremely valuable. I'm just going to give you a brief idea of the sorts of landscape. You mentioned many of them. Great structures as well as the landscape. I think most of us have painted the bridge. I haven't had the courage to try. So when Annabelle Mackenzie came back to Lethbridge with uh, PJ Collins, the other fellow who was at the Banff School in the summer of 1936, they got together in the fall and they decided that they were going to ha- invite people to Annabelle's home, Anna's home. And they started the very first sketch club. So all the names on there are artists. And it's kind of frustrating when I'm trying to find who Mrs. Mitchell is. It's very difficult to find her. I did find a little bit of information, though. P.J. Collins, we've already talked about. He was already an artist. Uh, Mrs. Moe was Sarah Moe, and she worked at the Campbell Clinic. I didn't find anything about Mrs. Wilson, but I believe her name is... uh, No, it was, uh, the next one is Mrs. Doris Mitchell, worked for the Western Grocers and Alberta government telephones. Joan Buss was a school teacher and that was the group of people who got together. At the end of this meeting, Miss McKenzie was proclaimed president, Mr. Collins was the secretary and Mrs. Wilson was the member at large. Now there were some very local influences here with the art. The bottom uh, painting is by Miss Kirk, and she would have her students look at her work or work of other masters and copy them. She was teaching them technique, color, brush strokes, uh, watercolor predominantly. And then one of her students, Tom Roycroft, did the painting of Venice. And that would have been, I believe, one of Miss Kirk's own paintings that he was taught to copy. So that's an excellent way to learn technique, but it's also very frustrating. Uh, Jesse Ursenbach said, oh, we copied and we copied and we copied. And she was getting so tired of that. But it wasn't the only influence that Edith Kirk introduced. She was very inspired by some of the impressionists and especially Cezanne. And so she was encouraging the the free flow, the use of color that represents some of the um, impressionists. This is where Miss Kirk got outdoors to paint. She would go out with people in the neighborhood here to paint. But she also wanted to get into the mountains, absolutely loved the mountains. And she joined the Alpine Club of Canada at the age of 60, after she moved here. And she didn't go to climb mountains, she went to paint. And this is her, right here. Has this got a clicker? center? Center? Ah, there. There she is. Right in the middle, still wearing her long dress and her sweater and she would go out and camp out in the mountains for weeks on end and just go in and out around camp so that she could paint. Had she tried to join the uh, Alpine Club in England, she wouldn't have been allowed to. It was an all-male purview. This is another fellow who was a an influence to the artists in this area. He worked for the CPR in the irrigation department, but he was an internationally recognized artist. Uh, his painting of the prairie often had low horizon lines with great expanses of sky. And he was associated with other prominent Canadians, such as Phillips, Leighton, and de Gramesson. The roster of teachers at the BAMP School of Fine Arts, of course, was an influence. Uh, A.C. Leighton, Glide, Jackson, and Phillips. And this is a sketch done by A.Y. Jackson, and it was tucked away in Jesse Ersenbach's scrapbook. So Jesse was taking a summer class. He happened to be the instructor, and he was teaching how to do reflection in the water. And at the end, he handed her his sketch. He didn't sign it, but in her sketch, she in her scrapbook, she writes that it was given to her at the end of the class. So it's a delight. We have a few A.Y. Jacksons from the Lethbridge uh, Art Gallery and one little one here. One of the influences that Jackson had with people was uh, things like his approach to the artwork and he said he asked the artist with him to try and paint in quotes the character of the scene rather than a pretty picture so the club was very makeshift their first meeting was in Anna Mackenzie's home they wanted a place to meet they wanted a place to paint and this was the very first place they went to our old public library They then moved into the YMCA, and this is where Edith Kirk taught a lot of her classes as well. So they must have had rooms that were suitable for painting classes and for meetings. Eventually, they went into the Bowman Center. But one of the artists, Kathleen Young, recalls art sessions in the Kinsman Skating Hut. And she described it as bitterly cold with only limited heat coming from the wood stove. Boy, artists can be determined, can't they? So they got established as a group. They started to offer classes to paint or they gathered together to paint. And then they started to do exhibitions. But Lethbridge didn't have a gallery in those years, so they were very creative. They did presentations and exhibitions in places like the Furniture Department at Eaton's. They convinced Mr. Balaam to get all the cars out of his car showroom, and they used it as an exhibit space. Very persuasive people. They were also up on the upper floor of the Woolworth Building. they were able to arrange for a couple of traveling exhibits that came from the Beaumont School of Fine Arts so for several years they would it would be a traveling show put together by the Beaumont school and so the club would arrange for a space and they would bring that traveling exhibit in so lots of instructors came to this area or lived in the area. So, Reithman had many times come to present classes and to teach art. He was born in Switzerland, studied in Europe, and he emigrated to Lethbridge in 1919, where he worked as an interior decorator. And I gather some of his homes were very, very uh, posh, very European in its influence. There's more you'll learn about Reithman when you go into the exhibit hall. Bart Pregnell was a very popular artist he was born in Saskatchewan studied at the Winnipeg School of Art and the Artists School in Montreal. He was also at the Chicago Art Institute and he became eventually the principal of the Winnipeg School of Art. He taught across the US and Canada and then he moved to Lethbridge in 1959 where he lived for several years before moving to Edmonton to take over a job there as a professor at the University of Alberta in the Art Department. A.C. Layton, born and trained in England. 1924, he came to Canada to work and paint for the Canadian Pacific Railway. So I suspect most of you are aware of the wonderful poster-like artwork that the CPR used to promote its uh, train trips into the mountains. Well, Leighton was one of the uh, very prolific artists there. He was then offered a position at the Provincial Institute of Technology which he did go to to and work and then two years later he and, and HG Glide founded the Alberta Society of Artists and that was a fairly prestigious art society like those in England and down east. You had to be invited to join. You had to really prove yourself before you were invited to join. And you had to be twice as good if you were a female to be asked to join. Layton, probably you will know that name. What other places in southern Alberta is associated with Layton? The Leighton Center, that's right. That was where he and his wife built a home and they eventually uh, turned it into an art center and it's still going today with the help of a foundation. Another artist from nearby, she's from Fort McLeod. She was a lady who stayed at home to take care of her sister's household and her mother and father but she was able to get away to get some training in Toronto and she became very well known for painting grain elevators. Now that well known attitude was from the distance. Local people would say, why are you painting those old buildings, those old relics? But she really wanted to capture them. She thought that, when you look across the flat prairie and all of a sudden you see these large elevators coming out of the ground, that was to her a really important part of what Alberta was all about and the agriculture. She also painted wildflowers, but she wasn't looking at them in that true scientific uh, type of art. She chose her wildflowers and painted them within their environment. So the little ecosystem that she would uh, paint would be appropriate to where those plants would actually be living. Walter J. Phillips, born in England, trained in Birmingham, South Africa and Paris, emigrated to Canada in 1913. By 1940, he began teaching art and printmaking at the Banff School and the Institute in Calgary. So he had trained with some uh, Japanese masters, and he actually was a real great influence for printmaking here in southern Alberta. He was also a fine watercolor artist in the English tradition, which is what Edith Kirk was mainly covering. And, uh, but his woodcuts actually brought him in enough funding, enough money to live with his art. Which was, of course, rare. H. G. Glide was a frequent instructor at the Calgary School in, in uh, the Calgary Art School in in Calgary and uh, uh, at the U of A, and he was a real proponent for painting outdoors. So the. Art Club members were taking classes whenever they could. Whenever they could bring someone like some of these folks from the School to Lethbridge, they would open up uh, a class for uh, the community to join them and learn from. But they also offered lots of classes, and they had some of their own classes where you could just drop in. So, life drawing, uh, still life with fruits and with vegetables and with uh, flowers and so on. So, they were constantly busy, and they, I've read some of their week, their month-long offerings, and there was almost something every day that they offered. So the early members came from a wide spectrum of life. As I mentioned, Annemelle Mac- Mackenzie was a homemaker. PJ Collins, schoolteacher, and he was St. Augustine's choir leader and later an art instructor. Robert Berelman was a business owner and a mayor. Sarah Anderson was a school teacher and she was a member of the Mental Health Board. Thyra, does anybody know Miss Burkett's name? How to say that first name? It's very unusual, T-H-Y-R-Z-A. Therza. Therza? Thank you. There's a young Burkett. She was uh, from a fairly well-off family, and she fell in love with the First Nations in this area, and she painted individual portraits of them and put images around their events and so on. Don Frake, does anybody know that name? Yeah? There's several buildings in this city that have uh, portraits by Don Frake. This is a piece that's in the collection here. So he was a magazine illustrator in Toronto and New York before returning to Coaldale where his family lived and he continued his art here. He also would teach for the art club. There was also a fellow by the name of uh, William or Bill Fruitt who was a well-known school kids photographer who was an artist. Percy Henson, was here and you can, I think you can see very clearly how influenced he was by spending time with A.Y. Jackson. He was the secretary of the YMCA and a director eventually of the Edmonton Art Gallery. Margaret Skelton owned and operated Skelton's jewellery store. And this is a print that I have owned for years. My brother gave it to me years ago, long before I knew I'd be moving back to Lethbridge, long before I even knew that Margaret Skelton was from Lethbridge. And it uh, has a pride of place in my home. Ernest Reithman, I mentioned, was an interior decorator. Michael Pisco was a commercial artist. Rita, Rita Rovenko was a registered nurse. Jesse Ersenbach, there's Michael. Another one that's strong influence is from A.Y. Jackson. Oh, sorry. There's Jesse. Jesse did a lot of floral work. Just an amazing, uh, amazingly prolific artist. And Dr. Tim Brown was chief of obstetrics at St. Michael's. So people from all the different communities in Lethbridge. Now Lethbridge, the special exhibits that the early clubs started has continued. In 1967, the community of artists came together for a show to celebrate Canada's uh, 100th anniversary. The Galt Museum invited our club to come and celebrate uh, the sequicentennial, the 150 years. And so many of the members put in some artwork and there was a lovely exhibit downstairs. In 2009, the Galt was celebrating the hundred years of the bridge. And so the club joined us again that year and uh, contributed many pieces that all reflected the bridge. But in 2016, the Lethbridge Artists Club had, to me, just an absolutely extraordinary celebration of their own 80th anniversary. And the idea came to a meeting one day that they should have a portrait competition. And the lady sitting in the back, Linda, was absolutely bitten by a bug right then. And with her influence and several other committee members, uh, Alex Back, Fran Hutton, Annalee Jansen, and Gail Russell, they put together a committee that decided that they would put together this competition and invite people from the art community to do portraits of significant people in the community. Oh, but just a minute, who do we invite to be the important people from our community? So they put out a call and asked the community, who do you think we should honor with a portrait? And the names started to flow in. So Linda and her committee invited all of those uh, people to come to the uh, Casa, where artists were invited to come and sketch. And from those sketches, artists were chosen to do a finished portrait. So I think there were 22 portraits in all? 21. 21. And so these artists went back to their own studios and they created these these wonderful portraits. And the very first image that you saw as you came in, the one of lars That's Sue Wilkie's portrait of Lars. Notch. Notch. Here's a wonderful portrait of who? Does anybody recognize her? Mary Ort. Mary Ort yes, yes. This is Lynn Duhurst's portrait of Mary. So the 22 uh, portraits were first shown at CASA and judges went through them and chose nine or ten. Ten. And Linda and her committee had gotten in touch with several different museums across southern Alberta and asked if they would take a smaller version of this show. And when she talked to me, I said, yes, please as long as we get to be the last, I want the finalists here. And so as this traveled around, people were invited to uh, vote for their people's choice, and then once the ten images hung here, a different set of judges came, and they chose the finalists and counted the votes for all of the uh, people's choice. So this was a lovely charcoal by Patricia Sorensen, and it was of, uh, called Diane, and this was the chosen as the winner. This portrait of Andy, uh, Andy Russell. Not no, Andy, Charlie Russell. Charlie Russell, thank you. Andy was his dad. Um, Charlie Russell was by Fran Hutton and this was the overall choice for people. But that was back in when? 2016. 83 years now is how old the art club is and it's still thriving. And I wanted to show you some of the work that is being done today. This one by Karina Mack, who is sitting at the back. Ivan Baring, Denise Savard. Sue Wilkie. Cassandra Elrud. And that's two of our members sitting outside enjoying the October uh, art retreat and the nice warm weather that day. And that's uh, Police Outpost Lake. So each year the club uh, invites artists to come out to uh, Mountain View. We stay in a lovely B&B out there and you can either set up your paints and stay there in the house and paint to your heart's content for three, four days. Or you can go out and enjoy painting en plein air and then come back to the house and finish your paintings there. So this club has offered a great deal to Lethbridge, continues to, it's a healthy organization. I expect it to continue well into the future and it provides a huge opportunity for people to learn about art, to see the art, to buy the art. Every Christmas, the artist club has a sale at CASA's Christmas Sale, and people are invited to come in and have a look at the art and purchase it. And so, very thriving, very thriving art community here. Thank you very much. Does anyone have any questions for Wendy? Thank you so much, Wendy. Yeah, you're welcome. My pleasure. Janae had a question that I didn't find the answer to, and that's when did the uh, Lethbridge Sketch Club change its name to the Albert or the Lethbridge Art Club? 90s. Pardon, Sue. Late nineties. Late nineties. I, I think it's written up in, in the booklet in the from the portrait competition. Oh, is it there? Mm. I'm sorry I missed they that. Okay. Yeah. Do you the remember library. them saying why they changed it? Well, it was controversial. Mm-hmm. It was controversial and it wasn't, didn't make everybody happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the other thing is that uh, the club wanted to be more inclusive of the visual arts, like mm-hmm. sketch mm-hmm. suggests certain things. Yes. Whereas artists, we have, we have you know, People that uh, work in three-dimensional mm-hmm, work mm-hmm. and all sorts of media, and just to be a more inclusive mm-hmm. artist. In the club. Yeah, yeah. To represent what's actually going on in the club mm-hmm. more accurately, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and thanks thank again you so for inviting much, me. Wendy. Yes. <laughs> well, let's give Wendy another round of applause. <laughs>